It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 454 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, January 23rd. I am your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network with team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd, Josh Lloyd, sorry, Going strong, we've got Locked on NBA with David Locke uh, and also a bunch of different hosts from across the network chipping in there. It's a daily show. We've got weekly contributions on that show from Ben Golliver of the Washington Post and from Sam Amick of The Athletic. And Sam Amick, for Raptors fans, is one of the most plugged-in Kawhi Leonard reporters out there, so it can't hurt to check out a Sam Amick episode once in a while to get some nuggets there. Uh, also, we have the Locked on NFL shows going as well if you're a Patriots or Rams fan? That's the team that's in the Super Bowl, right? If you're a Patriots or Rams fan, make sure you're checking out all of their coverage leading up to the Super Bowl uh, a month from now or whenever the hell they play the damn thing. I have totally checked out in the NFL playoffs. I have watched like maybe 10 seconds of a total and I don't really know what's going on. But if you want to know what's going on, make sure you're checking out, to, checking out the Locked On NFL show for the corresponding teams involved in the Super Bowl or the teams that lost in the conference championship games. Whatever you want to do. It's all the Locked On Podcast Network for you. If you find a show on the network that you want to support, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all the places you get your podcast is super duper helpful for algorithms and making us more visible in the rankings and putting us up there where people can just discover us by happenstance. It's very, very helpful. Uh, the numbers on this podcast have been doing really well lately, and I appreciate every single person who has ever left a rating or a review or intends to in the future as well. So thank you very much for doing that. All right, on today's show, it's just me. I'm talking about the Raptors game against the Kings. This does not re- require a whole lot of fanfare or big guest uh, inclusion. It's just a game over the win over the Kings. It was fine. It was honestly maybe the most like snoozerific game of the season for the Raptors. This game just kind of happened. I was at this game. Uh, I was going to do a podcast afterwards, but there were like six people covering the game media-wise, so no one was really around to even like talk after the game. Everyone kind of wanted to get in there and out quick. It was a 7 a.m., 7 p.m. start, so uh, you know, early night for most of the beat reporters, and there was not a whole lot of circumstance or substance or whatever that happened in this game that was all that much of note. It was fine. It was, you know, there were some interesting performances, I suppose, and we can talk about those, but uh, yeah, the Raptors moved to 36-13, and 13, beat the Kings 120-105, and uh, this game will, I'm sure, be forgotten at some point very soon in the near future, especially with some big games coming up on the slate for the Raptors, including tonight against the Pacers. Uh, housekeeping note there, there will be a podcast about that game tomorrow morning with myself and Vivek, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, all right, let's get to this Kings game. We'll kind of just roll through the box score, I guess, and kind of just do a little box score bingo and uh, come up with some takes based on what we see. Uh, all right, so the Raptors, 
Once again, 120-105, they were without Kawhi Leonard and OG and OB once again. Jonas Valanciunas out as well. Although I will say, uh, warming up before the game, I did notice Jonas finishing with both of his hands doing his little shooting uh, workout. So that is good. Maybe his thumb is getting close. This actually marks today, this Wednesday, the 23rd, marks exactly six weeks since he hurt his thumb. And if you remember, he got a four to six weeks time, four to six week timeline when that injury happened. So I don't think he's coming back anytime, you know, particularly soon. It seems like he's maybe a little bit behind schedule there. I'm not surprised considering, you know, he had his thumb cut off and he had to re-sew it to his entire body. But uh, I don't know, a couple weeks from now, I think we should probably see him back in the lineup. I know some people were talking about there's a game on the 5th against the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. That game, maybe people are kind of circling because, you know, that's a game where you want Jonas. He's done a pretty good job against Joel Embiid and Joel Embiid in the past. Man, I cannot talk today. Uh, he's done a good job against Embiid in the past, and maybe you want to have him available for then. Uh, so here's hoping he will be available for that game on February 5th. By the way, uh, before I get uh, off on a tangent, February 5th, I'm doing a live podcast once again from Odds Bar in Hamilton. Please come on and check that out. I'll tweet about it and get the info out there. But Odds Bar, Hamilton, uh, but anyway, back to the Raptors. Again, shorthanded, no Kawhi. Uh, and then it was announced before the game that he's also going to rest for the Pacers game tonight. That's obviously old news by now. Uh, I'm not shocked. I think it's probably a good thing. The last three games were pretty easy opponents. They obviously won those three games against Phoenix, Memphis, and Sacramento with very little resistance. I know the Suns game was a little bit tough on Thursday, but hey, they pulled it out. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. Uh, and you know, uh, OG and Kawhi are both slated to come back against Houston on Friday, which is a game you'll want them for. The more bodies you have to throw at James Harden is probably for the best at this point. So uh, it'll be nice that they'll be back on Friday. Obviously, you wish you had them for this Pacers game tonight. But I, again, the way Nick Nurse and the way it sounds like Bobby Webster, he did a panel actually with Kyle Dubas and Elliot Friedman earlier this week that uh, I think Blake Murphy, Murphy kind of did a piece breaking down what he talked about in there. But there was a, a section that I saw on Twitter about Bobby Webster talking about just sort of how the medical staff is very, very keen on Kawhi. Kawhi knows what's up. He's getting a schedule a couple weeks in advance, like, hey, this is when you're going to play, this is when you're not going to play. Because of all the biometrics or whatever they have on him, they seem to have a pretty good handle on when he is at the biggest risk for injury, and they seem to be taking it pretty carefully. Obviously, people are pointing back to last Sunday against the Wizards when uh, he looked a little bit wobbly after, after the, I think he hurt his leg near the end of the regulation, and he played throughout the overtimes, was pretty much the only source of offense, uh, and he hasn't played since then, I don't think, or he's played one, he played the Boston game and hasn't played since then. And I think some people are pointing to that game and saying, oh, does he have like a injury or something that the team's hiding? I don't think that's the case. I think he played really well against Boston. He was fantastic in that game and he showed no ill effects or anything like that. I think this is probably just them saying, hey, it's been a pretty rough go lately. Kyle was out of the lineup. Kawhi was carrying a lot of the load. Let's just kind of be careful with this and not overdo it. And they keep pointing, and fairly enough, the, the Raptors keep pointing to the fact that he only played nine games last season, and he's kind of in a different you know situation than guys like Fred Van Vliet or whoever else. This season for the Raptors has been a little bit banged up, yet might be playing through it. Kawhi, A, is a superstar, and he's a superstar who cares a lot about his health, and the Raptors are taking that very much to heart, so that's cool with me. And he also has a little bit more injury baggage than a lot of these guys on the Raptors, so I don't think there's anything wrong with the way they're handling it. We don't need to get into this more. We, re- we talked about this with Keith Parrish on Monday's episode, but Uh, For people who were getting mad that he was resting for both the Kings game and the Pacers game, uh, stop it. It's fine. He's going to be all right. And the Raptors are no worse off for it. They're 11-2 without Kawhi this season. So let's get into this game. Uh, Stuff that happened 
Boy, <laughs> I was sitting next to Dan Reynolds of Raptors HQ up top last night, and like midway through the third quarter, he was talking, or he was writing the recap for Raptors HQ, and all he could talk about was, man, I don't know what the hell the story of this game is. And that's kind of the, the, the story of the game, really, is that there was no story to the game. The first quarter, it was kind of back and forth, a little frantic. Uh, I thought the Raptors played reasonably well, but the Kings looked okay. The Kings were without De'Aaron Fox, Nemanja Bielitsa, and... Iman Shumpert as well. So this wasn't like a fully loaded Kings team. I was personally disappointed by that. De'Aaron Fox rules, and I'm upset I didn't get to, didn't get to watch them. I had to, uh, and I'm upset I didn't get to watch him. I had to settle for Bogdan Bogdanovich, who's very, very cool. He had 16 points, 8 boards, 9 assists, 3 steals. Uh, didn't shoot super well, but he had a couple nice uh, sequences here and there that I really enjoyed watching. Marvin Bagley had 22 points on 11, and 11 rebounds on 10 to 20 shooting. That was nice to see as well. Other than that, the Kings did not offer much in the way of resistance. Ben McLemore played uh, 13 minutes in this game. He should not be playing 13 minutes. He's very bad, and uh, that the Raptors kind of won those minutes pretty handily when he was out there. The bench, really, for Sacramento kind of got torched. Uh, Justin Jackson is one of the worst basketball players I've ever seen. He's a minus 21. Harry Giles was a minus 10. Frank Mason was a minus 13. He normally wouldn't play if De'Aaron Fox was healthy. So, yeah, not the best Kings team. A bit disappointing considering how fun they've been this season, but if you're the Raptors and you're shorthanded, I guess you'll take it. Uh, I guess the main source of excitement from this game was that Fred Van looked like himself. He had a great sequence in the first quarter where I believe he had an 8-0 run by himself where he hit a three on the wing from Danny Green, I believe. Then he went coast to coast with a great finish and take and then he hit another three from the exact same spot as he hit the first one and it was like, all right, his back is fine. He's hitting shots. This is fantastic. He's finished the night 6-10, 3-6 from deep, 19.7 boards, 7 assists. I thought he looked really, really good um, and it's... It's so weird. He, there's not been a lot of consistency with Fred in terms of like, it's not like remember a couple years ago when Norm was coming in and starting once in a while in place of injured guys where he would be really good as a starter, not so good as a bench guy. Van Vliet's success has not really been dependent on the starter bench, you know, d discrepancy. It's just kind of been uh, probably how his back's feeling on most nights. And it seemed like it was pretty good last night. Um, and that was great to see because Fred Van Vliet, man, it is so crucial for him to kind of become what he was last year because the bench eventually is going to be at full power in terms of just having all the bodies and the bench concern all season long has been there's not enough creation there there's not enough verve there's not enough ball movement Fred Van Vliet when he's on can really sort of incite a lot of those things and he hasn't done it so far this season he did it last night against the Kings that was encouraging to see uh, I guess the other guy to talk about uh, here in the second segment, we'll play a little bit of Nick Nurse, and then we'll get into something that he mentioned and sort of the thing I wrote about today in the second segment. But first, let's get to Kyle Lowry. Uh, he 34 minutes last night and 19 points, which was great to see. Uh, nine assists, four rebounds. He was very Kyle Lowry, plus nine, not shocking or anything like that. And I, yeah, I really, really liked Kyle's game last night. I thought he kind of dictated the flow. Uh, his point total is a little bit inflated because he had a couple threes late in the game, kind of in like garbage time adjacent time. It wasn't really put away, uh, but he did have a, a nice finish to the game. He had two threes off the same out-of-bounds play where he curled around two screens, get it, got, got it up top open and, and launched. And I thought he looked really aggressive last night and like eager to shoot. He had a couple of attempts off of the thing that I've been asking for all season long from Kyle. Just goddamn it, dude, just pull up around a screen the way that you did when you were at your peak. He did, a, did it a couple times last night. I think he missed both the times he did it, but it was really encouraging to see him actually add that shot back into his repertoire because we've been missing it for so much this season. And it was refreshing to see. He hit the two threes late, finished four of nine from deep, which I think raised his three-point percentage like 7,000% uh, from where it had been. And uh, I thought he looked really, really kind of in control 
And I think some people were maybe concerned. He played most of the fourth quarter. He came out with the bench at the start of the second and fourth. Uh, and in the fourth, he maybe sat for like two minutes and came back in when it seemed like maybe he was just going to sit the rest of the game. Nick Nurse talked about the game, and you'll hear him talk about this briefly uh, in the post-game presser I'm going to play. But I do think... Uh, Nurse was trying to get him a little bit of rhythm going, uh, obviously with the back-to-back. He didn't play it like an exorbitant amount of minutes, just 34 minutes in this one, which, you know, for last season would have been high, not so much for this season. Um, and I think Nurse, you know, he said, yeah, like, I, I kind of wanted to get him to, into a flow a little bit. And, hey, it worked out, it seems, and he got two threes to fall late in the game, and he goes in, into the game against the Pacers on a high note. Whether momentum like that matters, I don't know, probably not, but uh, it can't hurt, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, that was nice to see. And Kyle, like, he's just Kyle, man. He's just, like, his numbers are absurd. His his on-court presence is just so important and valuable. And the, the stat that Zach Lowe brought up yesterday in his All-Star piece where he named Kyle as one of his two All-Star uh, wildcard guys, uh, it was uh, it was enlightening. Uh, here it is from, from Zach Lowe's piece. When Lowry rests, Lowry beca- becomes, sorry, when Leonard rests, Lowry becomes Lowry again. He's averaging 19.5 points on 15 shots per 36 minutes with Leonard on the bench compared to 11.6 points and 9.9 shot attempts respectively when they share the floor. Per NBA.com, the Raptors have obliterated opponents by 16 points per 100 possessions in solo Lowry minutes. That checks out. And last night with the bench, he was really, really effective. And uh, this will sort of dovetail into the second segment a little bit. But they ruled out this bench unit that was super weird. It was Lowry with... Norman Powell, who had a nice game, 11 points, 4-7 shooting. Uh, C.J. Miles, also DeLon Wright, and sometimes Greg Monroe, sometimes Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher was the more notable one because it was bizarre and strange and weird, but it kind of worked a little bit. I think they actually played it even. They were like a 150 offensive rating, 150 defensive rating in like three minutes, but um, those lineups, you know, had a little bit of punch, and they were pretty exciting, and Nick Nurse talked about, uh, actually, this part's cut off of the Raptors post game that is posted on the website, so I'll just get into that right now. Uh, he talked about how CJ Miles did a really good job in those looks, and, you know, he's playing the four, and the Kings were going big. The, the Kings pretty much played two bigs at all times, sort of a cycle of Giles, Willie Colley Stein, or Marvin Bagley, and the Raptors were just like, all right, we'll just counter you with uh, going small and spacey, and we'll see what happens. And CJ Miles was kind of punishing them at the other end for not being able to guard out and get to him on the perimeter. He was four or five for from deep. He had 15 points, a season high, uh, building on his two 13-point games in the last two as well, 5-7 from the field. He just looked fresh and good and awesome, and I talked to him after the game, uh, and I wrote about uh, some of the stuff he said in on today at Raptors HQ, if you want to check that out. But the uh, the lineup there was, was pretty impressive, and, I, and, it, and it looked good, and the, the, it's all Kyle Lowry, man, and this kind of goes into what I've been saying all along over the last little while here, that once they're at full health, Kyle's probably going to have to start playing with the bench even more than he has. That's just going to have to be, I think, the rotation. If you want to maximize every minute of the game, Lowry with the bench is just such a foolproof way to kick the piss out of another team. And, you know, that just seems like something the Raptors are going to have to adjust to and, and alter their rotation. And there will be ramifications from that. Actually, we're going to get into those ramifications in just a second, and we're going to hear Nick Nurse. But first, I want to remind people to make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram. It is a great resource. It's great if you follow either one of those accounts. You're going to get all of the hosts from that network retweeted into the feed. You don't have to follow every single host. You can keep your feed clean, your following, your, the, the number of people you're following down, 
and you can just have that one feed tweeting or retweeting all of the people from the Locked On Podcast Network into your feed. It's great during live games. It's great during breaking news. You get all the fresh podcasts there as well. Great resource on Twitter and on Instagram. Same handle at Locked On NBA Net at Locked On NFL Net. If you follow those, you are going to get a uh, little snippets here and there of the biggest stories of the day from the local podcast and the biggest stories. And you know, it's got a little video attached to it. It's a lot of fun. So make sure you're checking those out on Instagram and make sure you're following at Locked On NBA Net and at Locked On NBA on NFL Net on on Twitter as well. God damn it! The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's get into Nick Nurse, and then we'll come out on the other side of Nick Nurse's postgame from last night and address a couple of things he said there in sort of the grand, grander scheme of things. You said the other night that you thought Brad looked a little grouchy, but he must have seen a little bit more enthusiasm from tonight. He was grouchy again tonight at the start, but his, uh, at least he made a couple threes. He wasn't as grouchy as he started scoring more, I think, tonight. But, no, he had a little bit of an attitude again tonight about he's just got a little bit – sense urgency, he wants to play better, right? And, I, and he finally got on track a little bit tonight. Also, the shot, shot distribution was very even up and down the line. Is that kind of what you get from that ball movement? Yeah, I think, I don't know, it was a little bit low on the assist tonight, Doug, I thought, considering we made we did move the ball pretty well, but and we made a bunch of shots. I would have I would have thought that had been a 32 or 33 assist night. Um, but I, I did like, you're right, I did like the distribution. It, it's pretty good all the way around. Per minute. Like you guys made a concerted effort to get Kyle some looks later on in the game. Obviously, he does so many things, but how big would it be if he finds a shot, gets a shot back? Well, I was just talking on the way here. I think the 50-minute the, the conditioning thing in D.C. and the third quarter in Boston, I, I think he looked a little bit more like himself here tonight a little bit and making those late. It was just Kind of fortunate that he got that same he got the same out of bounds play twice in a couple minutes, but you know he ends up with that that curl three there at the top, and and uh, that's good. You know I'm, I'm sitting there debating on leaving him in or not having him in or not, but I think that helps his rhythm and his confidence going in tomorrow night. With Fred, are you? I mean, you got guys are out here. You're down three right now. There's no time to actually sit and give anybody else any rest. But is he a guy you would look to sort of get some rest to? I mean, just the, the way he's getting beat, beat up lately. I mean, I know. He plays yeah, maybe, maybe down the line, but I don't. Again, I don't think uh, if we're if we're healthy, I think he ought to be able to handle 18, 22 minutes a night uh, under any circumstance. You know, if we get all these other guys back, then you know some of those guys' minutes are going to be, you know, JVO, OG, Choir, probably going to get some minutes. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it filters out. And and I'm. This is a chance for these guys, man. I'm going to play the guys that are that are rolling or ready to play. So this is a chance for all these guys to kind of stake their claim on the on the position while there, while there's minutes to be had. Are you seeing Boucher become more of an NBA player in game lately? <laughs> yeah. I think he's had a couple couple of good ones back to back and I um, you know, I think he just he just need to fit in, right? Just need to look like you you fit in out there first and foremost and I think he kind of he has the last couple games. So that was Nick Nurse after last night's game. 
The couple things I wanted to mention in there or touch on in there, I think the biggest thing, he was asked about Fred and his workload and his minutes, and that sort of turned into a different sort of conversation. And Nurse talked about how when guys are hot, he's going to ride them. And then, you know, they're kind of feeling it once these guys, once Kawhi and OG and Jonas get back, there's going to be real questions with the rotation and who's getting minutes and where how that filters out, who's getting minutes shaved off of their totals. And this is a way more interesting question than it was even three games ago, but even just like a month and a half ago. Like, there was never really at any point this season a time where Nick Nurse had to worry about hurting feelings, right? You know, obviously he dealt with the big sort of stumbling block, which was the Valanciunas and Ibaka, you know, juggling early in the season. That worked out well. Other than that, though, he hasn't really had to, like, relegate guys to long-term spells on the bench. I know CJ Miles spent some time not in the rotation, but, like, not any more than a couple games here and there. And, you know, because of the injuries, because of the lack of bodies, everyone's kind of gotten some run. Yet with OG and Kawhi coming back on Friday and assuming, knock on wood, that no one else gets hurt, then there's going to actually be like a a rotation crunch here. And this is what I wrote about today for Raptors HQ if you want to check it out more in depth. But uh, I think it's kind of interesting because this is not an easy question anymore because of just the way guys have played of late and how the pieces all fit together. Because, look, all right, the easy one, Greg Monroe is not going to play very much when Jonas comes back. I would argue right now that Chris Boucher should play ahead of Greg Monroe, even though Monroe is, like, a big body who can, like, be in the way of people. Boucher is a little bit more dynamic. He's a little bit more untapped. We don't really know what he is yet. And we kind of know what Greg Monroe is. Poor guy was, uh, he was somehow a plus 14 last night, but no points on 0-4 shooting. He had a failed dunk attempt. Uh, you know, one assist, two steals. Like, it was four boards. Like, I don't know how he's a plus 14, mostly because Kyle Lowry was on the court and that carries all tides and lifts all boats, or I think that's a different way. I screwed that up. But, uh, like, I think Boucher may be worth a little bit more of a look here, especially, you know, as there's not that much time till Jonas gets back. Might as well see what you can while he's still here before his 45 days are really close to being up. There's not that much time left to see what you have in Boucher, so I'd rather just see it now and in, in place of Monroe. But on top of that, you know, obviously that one's easy. Once Jonas is back, the, the big rotation will go back to being Serge and Jonas and, and Siakam playing the four with, you know, OG sliding in as the bench four or Kawhi sliding down in bigger lineups, whatever it is, uh, that, that's going to solve itself. But the Powell-Miles, and I'm going to lump DeLon Wright into this as well, that sort of trio of guys... Someone, maybe two guys there are going to get their minutes snaked, I think. There's 11 guys on this team, I think, deserving of minutes right now. Siakam, Ibaka, Lowry, Fred, DeLon, uh, Kawhi, Powell, Miles, and uh, missing somebody, OG. Uh, Like, that's 11 guys who are deserving of minutes right now. And it's at most going to be a 10-man rotation. And I can I cannot really tell you right now who I think should be the odd man out once everything comes back. Let alone two odd men out if you assume that they're going to roll with Kyle playing with the bench more often. They're just going to trim it down to nine guys. Which, if you want to maximize every minute, that's probably the way to go. Um, but there's an argument on the other side as well, where if you try to keep as many guys involved as possible, you keep guys fresh. You hope to maintain some sort of rhythm. And when you get to the playoffs, this is the kind of team where there's probably going to be six or seven guys who are playing against anybody, and then the rest of the guys in rotation might change from series to series based on the matchup and there's I think something to be said for keeping guys fresh and having them at least get some run in there and not having them sort of just like waste away on the bench for months at a time and obviously all of this falls to shit if there are more injuries which of course there will be more injuries but we're dealing with what we have right now they're about to be almost fully healthy so we have to address it as that but I guess 
again, it comes down to Powell, Miles, and Wright, I think, is the guys whose minutes are going to be most in jeopardy. I think Van Vliet has played himself into kind of being safe. His security seems like pretty, you know, locked up right now. Um, and then with Powell, I think Powell's also kind of safe. Like, he's been really effective. He's kind of volatile. He's had some bad games here and there. He's had some, like, 0-5, 2 of 11 or whatever kind of games. But for the most part, he's been pretty efficient. He's been playing within himself. And he's the closest thing the Raptors have without Jonas to, like, a sure thing bucket. And that is a damning statement right now. Um, this is at least from the bench, that's the case. And, and, you know, obviously when Jonas comes back, he becomes, like, a much more sort of microwave-style scorer from the inside. But... Powell has been really, really effective in Jonas's absence since Powell got back in late December. He's averaging something like 11 points a game and or nine and a half points a game, something like that. Um, and he's got the best net rating of any of sort of the the fringy bench guys, whether it's him or Monroe or Miles or Boucher. Like he's way ahead of those guys. Delon Wright's a little bit ahead of Powell, but um, Delon also plays in some different minutes, higher leverage minutes with better lineups sometimes uh, than Powell typically would. So. Uh, I, I just, I have a hard time cutting Powell out of the rotation right now. He's been really effective. He's kind of turned things around. And, like, he's not been amazing by any means. He's, he still has his, his warts here and there. But uh, he's kind of worked himself into a position of not being in total Albatross contract, which is great. It's nice to see. Uh, as far as Miles goes, he's probably the easy guy to cut out, right? Because, A, he's not super defensive, uh, <laughs> defensively minded. He's sort of a one-way dude. Um, but at the same time, I don't know, man. Like, yes, his season's been very bad, and maybe it's just, like, you you go on the body of work, and if that's what the case is, then fair. Like, he should not, based on merit, kind of match up to what Powell and DeLon have done this season, but I do think Miles offers some things that neither of those guys does. First of all, it's kind of underrated, but he's like a decent playmaker. He can make a little bit of uh, a, noise, a little bit of noise off the bounce. He can set up guys up. He can kind of get to the rim a little bit easier than I think maybe he's given credit for because he's just you know mostly seen as a spot up shooter. Um, and you know the shooting is very real. This has been a bench unit that has not been good offensively. And Miles himself last season made the bench into a lineup that worked because of the space he breathed into it. Yeah, it was going out there with three non-traditional shooters. I don't know if you consider DeLon a traditional shooter or not last season. Probably not. He was only shooting kind of like wide open spot-up stuff. Um, Miles kind of, you know, forced defenses to think. You have to contort a little bit when, when Miles is on the court and he's at his best, you know, maybe teams would consider him differently this season until his recent hot streak kind of gets more prolonged. But, like, he kind of offers that amount of shooting as sort of quick-fire offense that guys like Powell and Wright don't really provide. So I would probably cut Miles from the rotation right now just because of the two-way factor, but I don't think it's as easy a decision as it was even a week ago uh, because a peak C.J. Miles, a well, a well-playing C.J. Miles who's playing like he was last season is a really valuable and effective piece to have out there. Um, DeLon Wright is fascinating because he's probably like the fourth best playmaker on the team after uh, Lowry, Siakam, and Leonard. Obviously, you have Fred Van Vliet in there as well. I think Wright has been a little bit better in terms of just creating his own stuff, uh, kind of digging into the teeth of the defense and sort of forcing defenses to panic a little bit when he gets inside there, as opposed to Fred, who sometimes probes a little bit too much, throws pretty like garbagey pocket passes, stuff like that. Um, I think DeLon is better equipped to sort of run an offense than Fred Van Vliet is right now. But at the same time, 
He's just been so up and down, so inconsistent. Last night, he was pretty good, though. He had nine points, six boards, two assists. He had this one offensive board that was like some Jonas shit where he went up with one arm, got the offensive board, went up for a bucket. He does things every single game that make you think, like, how could you not play with this guy? He was a plus 24 last night. He was outstanding, you know, in terms of from an impact perspective and everything. Um, I don't know if he made the same sort of dazzling highlight plays he would on a typical night, but he was still very useful and effective. And I just, like... I still, when I'm looking at these three guys, based on what they bring, based on how they've played this season, I don't know if Wright has a better case to stay in the rotation than either Powell or Miles. I, like, again, if you're going on full track record of the season, Miles is the obvious guy, but the skills that he brings, I don't know if I prefer them to Wright or not. It's tough. I don't really know what to say. I don't have answers, and I wonder if Nurse is just going to kind of ride this thing out and hope that he can sort of, maybe he doesn't have to shave it down right away, right? Like maybe he can still give it some time, see how guys react and adjust to uh, there being, you know, 12 or 11 guys being used in the rotation and then kind of decide from there based on how guys perform in those minutes. But, you know, if Nurse says last night that he wants to play the guys who are rolling, like there are not many guys he can't play right now, um, considering how Powell and Miles have played and Wright might be the guy to fall out. So that is an interesting thing that I think needs to be kept uh, and have an eye kept on it, I suppose, as we go forward here, as the Raptors get healthy. Thank God they're going to get healthy, man. It's, uh, it's been a long time, and knock on wood once again that uh, no more guys get hurt. That was glass, but it counts, whatever. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you know what? I don't know if there's anything else I want to talk about today. That might be it for today's show. Uh, again, the Kings game, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> um, it was a nice win. They're 36-13. and 13. There's not that much to complain about. They've won 10 in a row at home now. That's fun. Uh, I always get sort of weirded out when people get fixated on a home winning streak or a winning streak of like that's been broken up by losses. Um, but it's uh, it's a nice thing, I suppose, and it's nice to know that their home court advantage is very good, as it is with most very good teams. Um, and yeah, we will be back again on Thursday, I guess. Myself and Vivek, we will talk about the Pacers game. That game should have some juice and importance. The standings are still a mess up at the top. Whether I, it, it doesn't really just the, the tiebreaker thing with the Raptors and Bucks. I need them both to have played the same amount of games and I need some separation because it's really hurting my brain as to who is the one and two pretty much every day of the season so far anyway nothing matters whatever it's fine uh that's gonna wrap up today's show thank you so much for listening please subscribe to rate and review on itunes stitcher spotify google play all places you get your podcasts also make sure you are using your smart speakers to play if you have a smart speaker if you got one over the holidays like i did please use it to play the locked on podcast network just say hey smart speaker name play podcast locked on raptors and it will play it for you it's fantastic it's super easy never have to touch a button it's playing while you do your chores while you cook dinner um so make sure you use that function on your smart speakers and uh that's about all i got for you the new patreon podcast is up make sure you go to patreon.com slash sean with the raptors i have a podcast with joseph Casharo about andrea bargnani it's dark it's sad although we kind of reflect on andrea a little bit maybe he wasn't as bad as we remember 
I don't know. There's a tease for you. Make sure you check that podcast out. Uh, $5 subscribers have access to that one. The next podcast will be out next week, which will be available to, I believe, all 2 and $5 subscribers. So stay tuned for that as well. If you want to be a $2 subscriber, whatever you are, uh, please consider uh, chipping in some money to the Patreon page. It makes me uh, have more food in my, st- in my tummy, and it makes me hungry less of the time, and that is uh, deeply, deeply appreciated. So... That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 